Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There is a story for everyone here because every story matters. Welcome everyone to the Storybox. This is the place to be if you are a lover of stories, learning new and interesting things, and if you want to grow abundantly. My name is Jay Phantom, and I believe it's my purpose to help you realize your worth and become the greatest and best version of you possible. I am grateful that you're here today. Now let's journey into the Storybox together and hear more about whose story will be unboxed today. Let me ask you all a question right now. Are you currently happy? Do you feel like you are happy? Do you know what is beyond happiness in the first place? Do you know that living a authentic and fulfilled life is not that hard to actually find? It can definitely be a lot easier than we oftentimes think about. And my next guest is none other than my good friend, Jen Lim. Now, Jen is the CEO of Delivering Happiness, a company that she and the late, great Tony Shea, uh, the CEO of Zappos, by the way, if you didn't know who he was, uh, co-founded to create happier company cultures for a more profitable and sustainable approach to business. Delivering Happiness started as a book, which ended up being a New York Times and Wall Street Journal bestseller and sold over 1 million copies, believe it or not, which is no easy thing to do and has evolved into a business consultancy and global movement that has impacted and inspired companies and organizations around the world. Jen's mission is both simple and profound, to teach businesses how to create workplaces led with happiness and humanity that generate more profit, sustain all people at every level of the organization, and share how we can make an impact by being true to our authentic selves. In 2017, Jen was selected to be on the Global Happiness Council of Work and Wellbeing, and in 2020, Delivering Happiness was placed on the Inc. 5000 list, which is no easy thing to do, let me just say that, becoming one of the fastest growing private companies in the U.S., Jen helped create the world's first series of culture books at zeppos.com and has been featured in Fox Business, Inc. Magazine, Forbes, Fortune, Entrepreneur, you name it. And Jen has an amazing book, uh, which is out right now. It is called Beyond Happiness, How Authentic Leaders Prioritize Purpose and People for Growth and Impact. It's available right now, so go and get a copy. All links that you need are in the show notes below. But some of the things that Jen and I do mention or talk about during this conversation is getting back to the core of who we are and how we can live a more purposeful life, especially in the kind of work that we are doing in the world, how to adapt and really change to the unknowns by applying purpose, values, and behavior, and how we can navigate that with the future of our work. Create people ecosystems, sorry, that cultivate happiness, embrace wholeness, and nurture new ways to be and feel uh, more human at your place of work and so much more. I know you guys are going to love Jen. She has a great way of sharing stories and a great way of and positive way of looking at the world. Um, And we do get real and authentic in this conversation, which I honestly love. But go and get a copy of Jen's book. It's called Beyond Happiness, How Authentic Leaders Prioritize Purpose and People for Growth and Impact. Once again, 
Links in the show notes below help support Jen and her amazing work. Uh, if you do get something from this, please also share this conversation around uh, to your friends and your family. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating and review over and over podcast once again. Alrighty, my friends, you know what time it is. It is time to journey with me into this story box as we learn more about what it means to go beyond happiness, how to find more purpose in our life and the work that we do as we listen to the incredible wisdom, the advice, and the story of none other than my good friend, Jen Lim. Thank you so much, Jay. It's an honor to be here. I like I was saying in the intro, I am beyond happy <laughs> to have you on my show today. You have a subject matter that I am very interested in and I believe in the power of, and I feel like it needs to be spread far and wide, especially with the current times that we are living in, uh, which I will get into uh, in just a moment with your backstory and, and why you do what you do in the first place. My very first question for you is, what does success look like for you? Hmm. Well, first of all, it's uh, just by <laughs> your tone of your voice and the, and the way you introduced me, like it's not even about like the things that uh, like my background, but there's something about you that I'm really grateful for in terms of like your warmness in terms of this whole topic and, and how uh, you used a, uh, uh, the, the title quite uh, appropriately and, and well-placed. Um, but um, yeah, so thank you for that. I think for me, success has been redefined in many ways since I graduated from college. I got into the dot-com boom here uh, in Silicon Valley, got spit out after that crazy ride and basically got laid off. And and in the same year, um, I uh, re realized my dad was diagnosed with uh, colon cancer and also 9-11 happened. And this is, you know, at a time of uh, very formative, uh, you know, growth and years of like, what, what does that mean? Mm -hmm. uh, having come from this background of really having the money title status literally overnight in my lap in some ways, um, get pulled out and seeing the excess of what that can mean uh, when you have a lot of that. And then realizing, you know, with uh, the diagnosis of my dad and, and seeing what can actually be the, you know, the unpredictable, unfathomable thing ha things happen. Mm -hmm. And worst fears in my life of losing someone I, I, I can't imagine life without. So success then turned to a place where, well, what is it I'm here for? And what is it that I put we call it values now because of all the, you know, the sort of terminology we use with purpose and values. But what is it that I can prioritize my decisions on, on a day-to-day -day basis and never look back with regret. And for me, it was people, uh, freedom and authenticity to myself and being able to understand what that means in the world and obviously the workplace too. So for me, that's what success is. If I keep on living my life, making decisions, big or small, hard or easy, um, with people in my heart and, and uh, having that sense of freedom and autonomy um, and feeling that I can be myself in it, that to me is success. What did losing the people that were close to you teach you about happiness? Yeah, and, and now that we're talking about it um, most currently, because uh, back then it was my dad. Yeah. And then, of course, you know, uh, as of last year, it was Tony. Um, it, the, the first time around was when it really just, you know, I was at a younger age. It was like, you know, a couple of decades ago. Just he was young and he had like a huge, you know, vitality of life and energy and um so much to bring to the world and so there's a lot of uh, parallels with tony in that uh he wasn't as public as tony so of course that brought it to a whole different level but the loss and I, you know the loss on both ends and people in between in terms of people that i've lost 
has really taught me, you know, I've been in this happiness business for like 15 years now. And and it's based on science of happiness, positive psychology, things that I'm very big about in terms of science and logic. Um, what I've learned from that, from the loss, is that there's a quote from Rumi that I, I really resonate right, with right now. It's that the, the cure for pain is in the pain. Mm. And by understanding that for me, it meant I already knew there was going to be highs and lows in life, even before Tony passed and even before like my dad died. But instead of um, just acknowledging loss, but actually embracing it and understanding it and being at one with it has taught me so much more about being happy too. So the gamuts, and this is cliche in some ways because, you know, the highs and the lows but the depths of the lows and the heights of the high truly now I actually really can say I've experienced, I am experiencing it of expanding that in a way that I've never experienced, especially in this last year and a half and that spectrum. Um, and, you know, I, I'm not sure how, much you are in spirituality and like, you know, religion or whatever that might be. There's an expansion in that, that wasn't just in my head. It was, it wasn't me trying to like substantiate and like, uh, you know, try and qualify it in my head. It was like, it was actually a feeling in my heart that I can go out in the world and look at this, like as an example, a beautiful sunset and feel the expansiveness of like the other day after I finished my audiobook recording, <laughs> which was a marathon in itself. I know this is going to sound like totally woo, <laughs> woo woo for some people, but I felt the presence there of when I talked about my dad and when I talked about Tony, I came out onto my balcony and saw an amazing sunset. And I felt, and I talked to them without words. So I wouldn't pre have predicted it, you know, in terms of like having a objective mind, <laughs> a logical brain. Um, but those things I feel because of loss and really receiving it and accepting it has been an enabler for me to feel the full spectrum of what life is. You'll have to bear with me with this next question and hopefully I explain it. <laughs> A good <laughs> in a good way that you understand <laughs> but you you mentioned the depths of being happy um and i'm curious what are what is the depth of being happy and then kind of the crossover effect if you will to the spiritual element of happy like do you need to have a spiritual base or understanding at least to find mm -hmm. the deeper part of happiness um uh the it's an amazing question <laughs> um, i'm glad i explained it correctly <laughs> i'm like i'm with you i got you uh, i see you uh the depths of happiness is i think that because normally when we think of happiness it's sort of like oh you know rainbows and unicorns or uh, I got a new job or I got a raise or, you know, those things that are more extrinsic happiness versus intrinsic happiness. And so um, when you say depths, I, 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 I feel about the intrinsic depths of happiness where it's internal and I don't have to necessarily uh, try to explain it to other people um, or try to show it. <laughs> Cause it's not like a, a new car or, or whatever. It's, it's just some level of uh, deeper emotion of just gratitude of, of life. Um, I'm going to do a quick tangent before I answer your other question. Just yesterday I was uh, visiting my mom and there was a Amazon driver deliverer um, that dropped off a package in her building and like he was holding the door for me i'm like hey what's up man and he's like yeah yeah what's up and i'm like how you doing and he said amazing i woke up today period <laughs> and i was like dude what's your name i love you <laughs> like, that's the depth of happiness it's just like 
he wasn't trying. Like it, it was just, it was so genuine and authentic. It just, that's what resonates in terms of the depth of happiness, of, of gratitude, of just winning the lottery of being alive. Mm. Um, yeah. So I'm sorry I got um, to that tangent, but uh, um, yeah. Would you mind repeating your next question? Since I'm no, no, I, I, that. I love that, that tangent because that was like a mind blowing realization for even myself, like the mm. pure gratitude of just, understanding that hey you're alive today i mean how many of us take that for granted on on any given day like we just wake up and then go through our daily processes and routines and just go about life the way that it is and i think just being able to stop for a second and just being present with your authentic self and saying thank you for for just the fact that I'm alive and it kind of leads into my other question, which was the spiritual element of being happy. Mm-hmm. And did you, or do you need more or less to have that spiritual understanding or base to find the deeper sense of happiness? Great. Thank you for that. Um, nice tie in and segue. Uh, so I, I would say that uh, the short answer is that it's not, necessarily needed to have that depth of happiness um because in some ways like you know in some ways like the same reason why people have different definitions of happiness people have different definitions of spirituality mm-hmm. and what religion means them and all that and for me uh that's so based on your own definition when you are being your most real vulnerable authentic self so when I say spirituality, it could even mean, you know, some people just find it naturally in nature <laughs> and just walking in like the redwoods or on a beach. Um, that is all spiritual to me. And, and that oneness that I felt when I walked on my balcony to see that sunset the other day after the, the audio, um, the, the audiobook recording, mm-hmm. it was that feeling of oneness that Oh my God, this amazing sun, amazing rays. And I was at one with it all. Like I, I felt near and mighty at the same time. So, so to answer your question, I don't think you need that, you know, quote unquote sense of spirituality embedded in you. But I think the more real we are uh, as individuals, the more we are within uh, aligned with that spirit. Mm, I like that for, for, my, for myself and I kind of resonate with the, the sunset because for me it's the sunrise and mm. that is sort of like a reinforced idea for me of kind of jolting me into my day and just being number one grateful for it and just saying thank you God for giving me another blessed day. I know it hasn't been over yet and I don't know what's going to come, but ultimately I know that it's going to be okay anyway. And then mm. at the end of the day, it's kind of reflecting back with the sunset on how I felt uh, throughout the day, more or less. And was I really being true to what I believed in throughout the day or did I, did I mess up? And, you know, it's kind of that realization of, hey, there's hopefully there's going to be a tomorrow. And my mm. grandfather used to say to me, I used to call him up over on the phone. And if I was having a bad day, uh, tell him about it. And he'd be like, don't worry, Jay, there's always a tomorrow. So be happy for tomorrow. And um, mm. I was just like, yeah, I just always remember that if I do have a bad day, it just, I always come back to it. So it's the powerful realization and the reminder even um, because yeah. each and every one of us, I, I believe that we do have our own understanding of uh, spirituality and, and what that means and who they believe in or what they believe in in general. But I'm curious for you, Jen, what do you believe in or do you believe in anyone? <laughs> um, I... I love the, uh, before I go to that, I love the bookends that you do from the sunrise to sunset. And one thing, if, I, if you don't mind me building on that real quick, is that every sunrise and sunset is different. Yes. If you notice it. 
And that's what always gets me about, uh, it's probably because he's, I physically can't see the sunrise from my house, but I can see the sun. So it says every day is like, Oh, that's a, that was a different day. You know, that was a different book. And, um, so I'd love that what you just shared about your grandpa as well, in terms of like, it'll be a different one tomorrow as well. Um, what do I believe in? So I believe, I do believe that, you know, like my, my, my upbringing was around religion. Um, well, my mom's side, but not my dad's side. He was pretty agnostic, but uh, he just believed in life. And <laughs> he believed in just like lighting up a room uh, in, in his own energy. And so I think I learned a lot from that. And then also the senses of belief in myself, which is actually like harder <laughs> than I thought <laughs> would be. And then the belief in people and that there is good in the world, no matter what we read and no matter what headlines we see. And the belief, like, again, sorry to keep on going back to that moment on the, the sunset. It was when I was um, you know, climbing Mount Kilimanjaro with Tony and not even knowing what was happening during that journey. And it wasn't just at the summit, it was, there's something more. And those feelings, I think the more we get real with ourselves and have that connection of what we believe in, it gets stronger and in unexpected ways. So my belief system is pretty uh, universal. Uh, and you never know whether it's Mike, the Amazon driver, or delivered guy that I met yesterday, or being on the top of a mountain uh, or like on a beach or watching the sunset or sunrise, um, there are like the signs of the cosmos, but there's something that, well, faith. Yeah. And that's the, the, the inner portrait that we want to create of, of uh, what we don't have to question, but what we know because we feel it. Yeah. I like how you mentioned, um, mm. Yeah, I like, I like how you mentioned, um, I'm sort of blanking on it now. Um, what was it? I had it a second ago. <laughs> uh, belief. There we go. Belief. Um, I, I like how you mentioned belief and it's a, it's a challenge for people more or less to have that belief in self. And then to carry that belief out into the world that you are enough, that you are valuable, that you can be your true authentic self. Uh, it's something that, you know, I struggled with for many, many years. And half the battle with knowing one's purpose in the first place is knowing and believing that they have a purpose in it to begin with and that they are worth it. Um, mm -hmm. So I wanted to ask you, Jen, um, have you found it difficult or have you struggled to know your worth or know, know your purpose in life? And, and what would you say to a, a young person or even just anyone at the moment that is struggling with knowing their worth and purpose and then guiding them towards a happier, more fulfilling self? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the short answer is most definitely I've struggled with it. <laughs> uh in sense of worth and purpose and a sense of belief in me and and now there's different words for it like there's different kind of terminology of self-love self-care whereas you know, growing up in a, a different households different cultures they'd be like what are you talking about like just get the job done and like shape up and like you can figure it out and it's like tough love um for whatever reasons and like you know we're we're blessed i i believe most of us in the world are blessed because we've had generations of people that literally fought for and died literally died for um this time that we have mm. of being able to not worry about um you know generally speaking you know, food on the plate uh being able to survive another day the things that we were blessed with because people really fought for that. So 
going back and circling back to your question, do, did I struggle with that? Hold on. Did, did I struggle with that? <laughs> um, yes, for sure. And finding the purpose for me, um, even after I found that purpose, especially after that story, uh, that time of the period where I lost my job, lost my dad, uh, you know, and just things were just totally out of whack. That's when I found my purpose um, was around people and helping as much as I can. Like the irony of losing my dad was I became the, you know, the pseudo doctor in my house to help him communicate with our, his medical team and our you know, medical team kind of thing. So finding purpose can come in very different ways, but then the belief in yourself, that's a whole nother journey for me. Like it goes hand in hand, of course, because they're tied into like the meaning, what we found in life, what we find in life. Um, but there's so much of that monkey brain that we have. And it's, it's, it's there for a reason. Like we were primal, like we were created to survive. So of course we don't get eaten by, you know, some wild animal. And that's our monkey brain that's being activated, even though we're in front of a computer these days of our Zoom land. We don't want to get eaten by animals. We want to survive. And then we get these instinctual impulses um, to be primal. And that's when I think we face those monkey voices in our head of fear and doubting ourselves of who we truly are inside and therefore meant to be. Mm. So I would say I still struggle with it. <laughs> uh, you can check all these things of like, accomplishments and achievements and successes in life but the biggest uh and therefore most rewarding challenge is being able to feel so real and confident and sure of that belief system within yourself that's uh the biggest uh, one of the biggest forms of success mm. i like how you mentioned the monkey brain <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> it's so true isn't it like it's it's honestly a, a crazy thing in life, I believe, is ultimately a difficult struggle most of the time to find this sense of balance with ourselves and with what's going on in the world, the information that is being passed through our screens and what we see all the time. So it, it does become a struggle and depending on your current state of mind and how and even even for the best minded people, like the strongest minds, even they struggle still. Like it's just this mm -hmm. constant, uh, I guess, uh, circle of life, if you will, of trying to find the happiness and even the the harshest moments in in life, um, mm -hmm. and trying to get control over that monkey brain and not letting it rule or control you and take away your happiness or allowing the fear to, you know, yeah, discontinue to make you unfulfilled and unhappy, which it so often does. Um, I wanted to ask you, speaking about fear, have you, or what more or less are some fears that you are currently wrestling with, if you are wrestling with any? Oh, wow. Uh Definitely wrestling all the time. <laughs> and I think that the biggest one is um, the book that you held in your hand because I, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I, I mean, writing it was one thing. Uh, it, it was fixed, but basically it was due five weeks from the, the day that Tony passed. So that was the end of November and it was supposed to be due five weeks later. And I mean, you can't, expect to write a book during that time and their publishers were very understanding and generous but I was you know probably at one of my most vulnerable places of how do I even start to capture everything that I feel that is right and real um, in this world of what we go through in those highs and lows and you know, the depths so so yeah that's one of my fears because I I'm putting something out there you know, the book baby, <laughs> if you will. I went through a pregnancy. It was hard as hell because <laughs> not just COVID and all this other crazy stuff that was going on in 2020 to the world. Um, I have no idea how it's going to be received. And in some ways it's out of my control. 
because the book baby's born it's like literally in your your hands and um so yeah that's that's a fear of of seeing how the book baby is going to be born and grow mm-hmm. um but definitely one of those fears that i've been wanting to working on accepting yeah no matter what you actually open up the book i think some of the very first pages uh you talk about why you decided to write the book and i think it's in, literally in the first paragraph you mentioned that you heard the news of tony's death and what that did to you which is quite an emotional i think for i didn't know him personally but i knew of him and i think it was a massive shock to hear that someone like tony just goes suddenly like that and mm-hmm. just hearing your perspective being his quite best friend almost and being in business with him as well was just for me being able to read that i felt the emotion and i felt the the toll that it probably did take on you mentally and emotionally at the time uh so what kept you going what kept you pushing through to get this book done mm-hmm. um thank you for sharing that uh yeah it's uh, it really was at sometimes at, at certain times of the the writing i couldn't even i didn't i didn't even see how i could finish it because it was just like wait what there's just no way i'm in the space to do this right now but it really did come back to that um i was so stuck on the intro uh, for a while after the passing his passing and then someone like just random friend just saying, why don't you try writing the uh, the end first? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that's a yeah, novel idea that I will try. And lo and behold, it worked. So doing that, starting with the end in mind, then the, the beginning became quote unquote easier, even though it was quite challenging. But that's what kept me going. Um, having pictures of my dad uh tony and i have on my mantle here it says live your loving legacy something to remind me of the why of what we do and therefore what i do i think uh during this book writing process was just like uh it didn't realize it was going to be harder than climbing a mountain a literal mountain of mountain it was so um so yeah that whole you know, the whole why, uh, reminders, mm. uh, kept me going from them and from hopefully helping others understand and get through something like this in their own lives or get through their own like work challenges and what work meaning is for them. Mm. So it's the people. You open up to, I think it's the very first page and you got these photos. I encourage people to go and watch the video, but you got photos, I believe, of your dad and you got another photo of you and Tony as well, which is just emotional to look at, <laughs> but knowing the story behind it as well is just even more more powerful and, and unreal. So I am grateful that you actually finished the book because it's a, it's a needful book. And, you know, I haven't, I'll just be honest with people, I haven't actually read the whole thing. So, and I just wanted to be authentic and say that because I know where it's going to go. It's, it's, uh, mm-hmm. like I was saying in the intro, it's a needed message. It's a needed story to get out there into the world and in the hands of many, many people. So thank you for writing it. Thank you for not giving up on it. And I know firsthand what it's like to unravel the beast that is writing a book. Um, and I believe this is your first book, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, the other experience was, of course, with Delivering Happiness with Tony in 2010. But in terms of like doing the whole thing, then yes, this is my first. That's right. Do your own, own little baby that, oh, sorry, I should say big baby <laughs> that, <laughs> that is, is yet to be released into the world. So I, I know what it's like. And when you mentioned the intro and not knowing what it was going to be like, I actually when I wrote my very first book, I, uh, I wrote the introduction and something just didn't feel right. And I, mm. 
one night, literally 12 a.m. at night, I was just tossing and turning in bed and I'm like, I'm not, this is not going to work. And I deleted the entire introduction of the book. Wow. And I'm like, I'm going to start this again. What is this introduction going to be? And then literally within two hours on my phone, I wrote the introduction <laughs> of, of what it was <laughs> going to be. But honestly, I didn't know until I, I went over the book again and started thinking about what do I really want to say here? What is the the message behind this? What can mm-hmm. I give to people? And I feel like this introduction for you was the perfect introduction, if I can say that, to set up, no doubt, the book of Beyond Happiness. So, yeah, I thought I'd mm-hmm. say that. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. And that's so cool that, like, to be able to just throw away work <laughs> that you're like, this is the introduction, like, oh, this is like, whatever crap. <laughs> that's huge. And being, and that's confidence in, and belief in yourself, so, like case in point right there. So I love that story. And then, yeah, you never know. iPhones might be the way to start <laughs> writing a whole novel or, or a book in itself. So that's Pretty so much, cool. right? <laughs> it's mm-hmm. kind of crazy. Technology these days is allowing us to do so many things. I actually have um, like journals uh, beside my bed and at nighttime I will, if I have an idea, I will like tirelessly write it <laughs> and try and see in the dark. I've got my phone light and my eyes are like sleepy. But anyway, it's, it's one of those funny things. Um, but speaking about your book, Jen, it, it's called Beyond Happiness and I want people to go and pre-order a copy uh, of the book or even just go get a copy of the book anyway. It's going to be out October 12th, which is pretty exciting. Um, what is, for those people that want to know, what is Beyond Happiness? What does it actually mean to be beyond mm. happy? Yeah, that's... Uh... <laughs> It would be really messed up if I said read the book, so I won't say that. <laughs> but I do love the fact that you said I haven't read the book to be authentic and true. I'm like, oh, Jay, I, I feel even more connected to you, that the fact that you said that. Thank you for saying that. Um, yeah, so beyond happiness, there's so many different layers to it. Uh, but the most pinpointed one is that there's a certain uh in some ways in a universal way happiness is like a known term and we're you know we all want to be happy and it's true in some ways but i think what i'm trying to present is like what can be beyond that notion of what it means to be you know by definition or by society happy and that to me is bringing into these other layers that we've been talking about and, and this question that you've asked, been beautifully asking is those depths of the other side of, you know, feeling, yeah, we have lights and we have these strengths and, and, and we have these uh, amazing parts about us, but we also have these shadow sides. Yeah. And um, some, some might call it demons, some kind of call it resistance, whatever you want to call it, it's this basic same thing um but to be able to be beyond happiness is embracing that all as whole people and beings in the world for ourselves number one but also for each other and i think that tie-in of what's in it for me has been you know kind of strong in some ways but it's also being able to answer at the same time what's in it for all so bringing back a sense of community, the modern day village mm. in our communities and workplaces, et cetera. Mm. Uh, so to me, that's beyond happiness. And it's also a question that I present in the book of just uh, bouncing, holding up a mirror, like what does beyond happiness mean to you? Um, so if you don't mind me asking Jay, and I know like you don't even have to read the book to, to answer that. If you were just to think about it, what might that mean for you? That's that, yeah. I like how you spinned it back on me because I wasn't prepared for it. <laughs> <laughs> so now I've got to think of something. No, nah, I'm just, I'll be authentically me right now. And I, for me, beyond happiness honestly means when I am completely 
one with my spiritual health, my mental health, my physical health, and my relationship health. I think that's not an easy thing to do on any given day. And, but when I show up and then I make the choice to do the work required, such as meditation or exercise to actually set my day up for those very elements that, that I mentioned, then I, I truly believe that I can be happy not only in the day, but I can also attribute it to joy as well. And I think one of the biggest lessons that I've learned just purely in regards to happiness and, and just joy as well is that I think happiness is like a, you can turn it on and off whenever you want, depending on your current state. But I really believe that joy is deeper than that. I believe that joy is found within your spirit and then it just evolves or just flows literally straight out of you. And we named, um, one of my, the, our German shepherd that passed in 2019, her name was joy. Mm. And we had 11 years of pure joy, even in the hard moments, you just would look at her face and you just, you just felt this sense of it's okay. Like it was mm. it's an undescribable feeling that only you will be able to really understand if you have experienced it for yourself. But there are those those moments or those people that do give us that understanding of what real happiness is or what real joy is, if that answered your question in the slightest. <laughs> I feel I went on a bit of a tangent there myself. Actually. No, not at all. You answered more. <laughs> you went beyond the, answer, uh, the question. Uh, and, yeah, I love it. You could have written the book. <laughs> I, d- I doubt that. <laughs> um, no, <laughs> but I, I appreciate you saying that nonetheless. Um, you know, I, I feel like happiness for a lot of people, like if I feel like it's missing for them mm. and that's why I want to give people the option of saying, Hey, you can be happy and here's how you mm. can be. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I wanted to ask you in, in relation to your book and, and we've been speaking about Tony as well. Mm-hmm. Um, what does Tony or what did, did Tony teach you about being happy? Mm-hmm. Um, it's such a, I'm sorry, I'm taking too much time and just reflecting because uh, it's okay. It's um, now that I'm starting to talk to more people on the book and talk, like, as you can imagine, during uh, the the media storm uh, after he passed, it was very. I just had to turn it off and not respond and didn't didn't for intentional reasons and so now that I have time to process and, you know, write about it. Um, there were a lot of, uh, there was a lot of cynicism, you know, like, why did he die? And he was supposed to be so happy and he was delivering happiness and all that. And it was a, a pretty one, it was fair, you know, there was fair questions about that and I'm not, you know, judging, uh, any of that, but, uh, it is just one side of it. And, it sort of does disservice to how layered and complex our souls and, and beings are in a, in a physical, mental, emotional, uh, relational, and spiritual sense. So it brings me back to, like, to your question. It brings me back to actually after Delivering Happiness was uh, written we're going on a book tour and all that stuff and we start talking about what's wrong with the book it's <laughs> just because like oh it's not enough that it's a bestseller like what's wrong with the book and, and it was like what was missing and what was missing that we both agreed on without even like yeah we didn't know we were gonna agree on it so strongly was that it was missing the sense of being your authentic self um so that's that's what 
we talked about almost immediately um, in making that a priority in our lives of, you know, what really is happiness. We could talk about it from a scientific sense. We could talk it from, you know, like a passion sense or a purpose sense. So those things all ring true. But if you don't have this most fundamental sense of self-awareness of one's own authentic being, then uh, there's no foundation to build other happiness or joy uh, forms of it from. So I think that's, that's been the biggest sense of like growth and learning, uh, especially reinforced after his passing. Do you feel like anything is missing currently in your life at the moment? Oh, wow. Uh, maybe some sleep. <laughs> I feel you. Yep. <laughs> uh, getting outdoors more often. It's just been like I was in the the book hole for book cave. I called it uh, for a while, and uh, and just having traveled so much prior to COVID, like sixty five, seventy five percent of the time, and just being in my space. Um, I don't necessarily want to get back to that place of just always being on the road, but. There are certain things I think because we're all for, we were all forced to reflect and I was forced to reflect. There are pieces that I want to bring back in that kind of energy of self um, that now that uh, after October 12th, the launch, I can get out more <laughs> and uh, get, get the positive sides of that uh, back. Well, I honestly can't wait until this book gets out into the world um, my final two questions for you, Jen, because I just noticed the time we've been going for almost an hour now, which is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, but, pretty um, cool. My, my final two questions for you, I, I love asking people this question and uh, I'm very curious about your response to it. And that is, what do you love the most about yourself and your story? Wow way to bring it back to that topic <laughs> of what was really difficult to do. Um, wow. Um, I think it comes back to what I love is when I can engage in conversation and not, and go beyond the, what is, like what's the weather or, you know, how did the sports team that you love do? And it could be a stranger or a person I've known forever and just get in it like within the first minute, <laughs> deep dive, as we say, <laughs> just like deep dive into the core of what really matters. Um, so I guess I love that I can feel maybe bold enough to like ask those questions and and uh, and then also be uh, bold enough to answer those questions by being vulnerable first and, and sharing that. And then that's when I think the real meat of um, connection and life and, and love mm. come in. So never been asked it, that question in that sort of, sort of way. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, I appreciate your vulnerability today and for sharing the kind of stories the the wisdom and advice that you have done where can people find you jen and, and learn more about you buy a new book beyond happiness where can i do all that before i ask the final question oh wow you're really doing these cliffhangers one by one yep <laughs> <laughs> just wait for it <laughs> yeah, yeah clearly not your first rodeo uh so i just launched um uh, the website for it. So it's just jenlim.com. Uh, so it's J-E-N-N-L-I-M.com. Uh, but also we have the company that Tony and co-founded. It's deliveringhappiness.com. But mm. the book's on jenlim.com. Mm. All right. Well, I encourage people to go and get a copy again and go and follow Jen too. Okay. My final question for you, Jen. This is my all-time favorite question. I ask everyone at the end of my conversation. So it's a hypothetical one, but I want you to imagine with me for a moment that you've been able to reach the age of 100. All your friends and your family have decided to put together 
a film for you of everything you've ever said and everything you've ever done. Don't ask me how in the world they got it all. We'll call it magic for the sake of argument. But, but, but they've been able to get it and show it to you on your 100th birthday. What do you want that film to say and to show about your life? Wow. Nice one. I, um, (laughs) well, I, I mean, I, I'm not trying to say this as a cop out, um, because I really believe it. Like there's a reason why it's on my mantle. It's, you know, live a loving legacy. And if I lived a loving legacy and, and through what I shared earlier in terms of my priorities and values of, of people, uh, freedom and autonomy and being authentic, then, you know, it would not have anything to do with my accomplishments in life of, you know, publish a book, like whatever, who cares? <laughs> it's like those things uh, would matter the most. And I, again, I love that question too. Perfect send off message. Jen Lim, thank you so much for your time today and for coming on the Storybox podcast. Thank you, Jane. I really don't like this part because it means that sadly we have come to an end of yet another story. I just want to say thank you to all of you for tuning in and listening to our guest today. It is my prayer that you would have felt inspired, motivated, challenged in some way, and that you would have learned something new as well. If you would like to hear more amazing stories like this one, you can do so now by searching up the story box on all podcast platforms. It is that easy. And if you did get something from today's guest, please do share it around with your friend or family member who you feel could benefit from hearing today's story. And before you go, I greatly appreciate it if you could spend 30 seconds leaving a rating review over on Apple Podcasts. It goes a long way to reaching more people and building this community of the Storybox. Let's start changing lives through powerful stories like this one you heard today. Your support is always greatly appreciated. Until next time, when we dive back into the story box, I'm Jay Phantom, and don't forget, your story is worth more than you know. I'll catch you then. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 